Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus. I'm Catherine, and I'm here today with Beck. We have a couple of things in common. Beck and I are both in Bible study together. We spend a fair bit of time at the hospital, Beck as a third year medical student and myself as a physiotherapist. And lastly, we've both really enjoyed reading a passage of the Bible together and chatting about it. So today we're going to be reading through James chapter 1 verses 19 to 27 and then having a bit of a chat about what it means. I'm going to start by praying if you wanted to join with me. Dear God, we thank you for your word, and as we look at it today, we ask you for clarity about what it means and that you would help us to focus. Amen. Thanks, Catherine. So, as Catherine mentioned, our passage today is from James chapter 1, verses 19 to 27. I'm going to read it out loud. You can follow along with me. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Thanks, Vic. So if we first look at the context of the passage, where does this passage fit in the chapter and the book of James and then the Bible as a whole? And do we get any clues about who its audience might be? Well, the book of James is part of the New Testament, and the passage that we're reading is at the end of the first chapter. At the start of chapter one, we read that it's a letter written by James, who is a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's addressed in verse one to the 12 tribes dispersed abroad. What do you think it means by the 12 tribes? I suppose it sounds as though the readers have a Jewish background. But in verse 2, we also see that James addresses them as brothers and sisters. So they are Christians, maybe people who were Jewish and who converted to Christianity. And I think it's also interesting that in verse 1, the tribes are dispersed abroad. So all these Christians are separated. And I think it's fair to say that as well as being dispersed, they're probably facing some hardship because of their faith. So in the verses preceding our passage from verse 2 to 18, James opens the letter by focusing on trials and persecutions. And he's really trying to encourage those dispersed Christians as they face some real difficulties for their faith. Thanks. That's really helpful and some really helpful context as we land at verse 19. 
So as we begin to look at our passage, what do you think this big idea of the passage is? I think the big idea comes in verse 22, which says, be doers of the word, not just hearers. So James commanding them to act on the word of God and not just hear it and forget about it immediately. And that principle really frames all of the other commands that he gives us. Yeah, nice. Let's look into the details a little bit more. What do you think James is urging the original hearers to do in this passage? How does this grow from the gospel of Jesus? He gives a whole bunch of commands and he starts by instructing the readers in verse 19 to be quick to listen, to be slow to speak and slow to anger. And I think what's interesting here is the reason he gives in verse 20 is that human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. So it's not just being slow to anger, but the underlying reason is that the Christian's goal is righteousness and being quick to anger doesn't lead us to righteousness. And then he implores the readers to rid themselves of all moral filth and evil in verse 21, which ties to this same idea of righteousness. Yeah, and the key to this in verse 21 is that we need to humbly receive the implanted word. So we're only able to be quick to listen, to be slow to speak and to be slow to anger and to pursue godliness and righteousness at all if we're receiving God's word with humility. Yeah, it's so clear that God's word is really central to the Christian goal of righteousness and it's God's word that's able to save our souls. I think that really sets us up well for this analogy of the mirror that James gives the audience in verse 22. It's a central part of the passage where he's highlighting how important it is to act on the word of God. Don't just listen, but act on it too, he says. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. Yeah, and then in verse 24, we see that the identity of a Christian is really caught up in the word of God. If we hear God's word and then we turn away from it and forget it, it's forgetting who we really are. We need to act on the word of God in order to live out our identity and our calling as God's children. And then as we move on to verse 25, which says, but if anyone who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a hearer but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. I think that tells us there's freedom in the law. It means that we live out the way we were made to live, the way that God has designed us to live, and there's great blessing in that. What do you think it means to be blessed? Like, what does blessing mean here? It's clear that blessing is not really about material or circumstantial reward. The context of the letter shows us that the recipients are undergoing trial, So I think it tells us that blessing flows out of what they do through following the law of Christ, and it means that they're in fellowship with God. I like as well how James highlights that this isn't always easy to do. There's a real sense of discipline and intentionality in the word intently that's in verse 25, and then choosing to persevere in the word of God. It can be really hard to act always in accordance with God's word, but we need to spend time looking at it well, intently, and choosing to persevere even when it's hard. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything that surprises you or confuses you from the passage? 
I think this last section is a little bit jarring, starting from verse 26. If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. Those are some pretty strong words, but I think it ties back nicely to how James opened this message. We need to be quick to listen and slow to speak, and he's shown us now how if we reject God's way for us to live, we are rejecting our identity as Christians. Yeah, and how do you think the last line in verse 27 fits into the passage, which reads, Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. It feels to me like a little bit of a strange way to end the chapter. It feels a little bit disjointed from everything else that we've read. I suppose that looking after orphans and widows is an acting out of responding to the word of God, of being doers, not just listeners. Maybe this is something in particular that the original audience struggled with, or maybe they were a group of people who were concerned about religion and then they were not caring for people in need practically. Yeah, that's really helpful. So in our context, how do you think this word is challenging how we live? That line about widows and orphans is making me think about the ways that I might profess faith, but not actually act in a way that is consistent with what I'm professing. Yeah, and to build on that, I think the passage is challenging me to think really practically about the ways that I respond with my actions each time I receive the word of God. It can be so easy to hear the sermon on Sunday or do a quiet time and then to get up and forget what I've learnt and to keep moving on with my day. But taking the time to dwell on God's word and making note of how I need to change my life is really what James is urging us to do as God's people. Thank you so much for that, Catherine. I might spend some time praying now. Lord, we thank you so much for your word and we thank you so much for this letter. We thank you that you've saved us to be your people and that you've shown us how to live through your word. And we pray that we would be doers of your word, not just hearers, that we would be pursuing righteousness and that we would be pursuing your ways. And we pray that you would enable us to live for you and to pursue righteousness. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for 12. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals one, two. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.